Hey guys, as the holiday season gets started here, which is just crazy how fast time goes, you might be looking for really practical ways to serve together as a family. One thing that we've been doing for years is working with Samaritan's Purse, specifically their Operation Christmas Child Project. I'm a huge fan of theirs. Since 1993, they have reached more than 209 million children with the gospel in 170 different countries and territories all over the world, and they just use a shoebox, a really simple shoebox to do that. Anybody can do this. You can take a shoebox as a family or a homeschool group or a Sunday school group or neighborhood group, whatever you want to do. We like to do it together as a family. You can pack these with fun toys and school supplies, personal care items, and then you'll take it to one of their drop-off locations for National Collection Week, which is November 13th through 20th. So you got to do these quick. Or you can even build a shoebox online if you're busy and you just you still want to serve, but you're not able to do it in person. I recommend doing it in person if you can, but if you can't do it in person, you can build a shoebox online. They make it really easy to do that as well. But they are reaching millions of kids all over the world with the gospel and then getting them into local discipleship programs. So it's an incredible way to see the gospel expand, disciples being made all over the world, again, just through a simple shoebox. You can learn how to pack a shoebox. You can look at gift suggestions, and you will also find the nearest drop-off locations near you by visiting samaritanspurse.org forward slash OCC. Again, that's samaritanspurse.org forward slash OCC. Brent, super excited to have you here today, man. Uh, For our audience who may not be familiar with you and what you're up to, just tell us who you are, what you're up to these days. I'm Brent Dusing, CEO of TruePlay. We just launched our platform. It's an entertainment service. It's for families that very, very high quality, fun, video games, comics, and cartoons, but everything we do is gospel-centered. Everything we do brings God's truth to the forefront. We're a group of people who were experienced professionals in the entertainment business and gaming and, and other professions and uh, pretty concerned about how things are for kids and wanted to do something about it that was positive. Yeah. Well, my daughter's been trying it, man, and she's like, I have to like limit her screen time still, even with the content that you guys have. You're making the face like, well, what, I mean, what, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Look, look, if your kid's eating ice cream for breakfast, probably got to limit it, right? Yeah. But if your kid's eating nutritional food, not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. My wife asked me when we originally downloaded it, she was like, is this just not bad or is it actually good? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like, no, it's there's good. A, there's a yes. difference between like not bad food or is it actually good for you? Right. So how would you answer that question? In 100% to, like, good. We, we built this not just to be safe and family-friendly, because there's a lot of people who will purport to sell you that. Hmm. We built this to bring God's truth front and center. The reason is very simple. Children are in a crisis. Anxiety, suicide, and depression rates are all-time highs for kids, which exactly mirrors the rise of social media on smartphones. The average male is exposed to pornography when he's 11. There's been a lot of awareness in the last year or so around child trafficking. Sometimes those things start in chat rooms online. Hmm. Sometimes Hmm. those start in games online. Lastly... In my opinion, the worst statistic is this. While 60% of Americans over 40 believe in God, only 31% of kids. Yeah. And the reason for that is very simple. The average child's on a screen 52 and a half hours a week. Wow. And they're only at church an hour a week if they go, only half go, so that's 30 minutes. So there's a 100 to 1 ratio of children hearing God's truth versus not. And that's why we've seen in our society, we've stripped God out, the Bible out, Jesus Christ out. You only hear Jesus Christ in movies as a bad word. Right. Right? And so you extract all that from the conversations, 
and you wonder why we're losing a whole generation. And so true play is about fun, beauty, excellence. And sure, it's safe and it's good, but it's good because we bring God's truth to every game we do, every comic we do, every piece of video content we do. Absolutely. Mm. And it is really well done. You mentioned the uh, the trafficking thing. That's a piece of gaming that I had never... That's the first time I'm hearing that. I just watched Sound of Freedom. Have you seen that movie? It's excellent. Absolutely. Saw it over yeah. the summer when it came out. Yeah. yeah. Beating Indiana Jones, right? Who'd have thunk it? I know. Yeah, it's really, really good. And that was eye-opening in so many ways. But I had no idea that like traffickers are using gaming platforms. So what's happening is that some traffickers are using online chat rooms, and some child predators are using chat rooms. And now a lot of kids are on, they're on online games a lot. And there are these online chats. I, I've seen it happen in games. I used to play this competitive online game with my kids, but it's kind of this multiplayer game and other people would jump on and you could see the way that a couple people would talk to kids. And of course I told them to, you know, shut up and get out of here and stop. But, you know, when you're sitting on a screen as an adult, you wish you could have done more, but you obviously can't reach through the screen and and punish the predator. But it, yeah, it happens. It's, you know, online chat rooms can be ways for our predators to get at kids. Absolutely. Man, we didn't grow up with like gaming systems in our house. We couldn't afford those when I was growing up. And I never really, I don't know what it was. I just never really got into it. And so when I hear stuff like that, my initial reaction is just to be like, dude, we're not going to have any games of any kind in our house. But then I'm also torn because I'm like, well, I live in 2023 and I have four kids, right, who are going to live in a very digital world, which there's still such a big part of me that despises it. But also we're using a digital medium right now to reach a lot of guys with the sake of the gospel. So it can be used in beautiful ways, which is what you guys are doing. But I mean, for I think there are a lot of parents who will hear this and be like, no, nah, no games. We're not going to do it. Like what's been your personal take? So you said you played with your kids. Like, yeah, what's been your personal take? We've, and we've thought a lot about it. I mean, I look, if you had a child who brought home a pornography magazine, you wouldn't throw out every book in your house because it's not about the medium, it's the message. Again, you catch your kid watching Fifty Shades of Grey just to pick on somebody, okay? Mm-hmm. Would you cancel every movie your kid's ever going to watch for the rest until they're 18 and leave your No, you wouldn't do that. It's about what's in the content. So for us, look, I'm not here to tell you every video game that is made that's not true play is bad. Of course not. I mean, I grew up playing Zelda. The Mario games are pretty harmless. There's a lot of stuff that kind of getting back to, there's a lot of stuff that's solid and well executed. There also is a lot of content that's very negative from just destroying a child's soul perspective. But there's almost nothing that contains God's truth that's going to tell them the truth of the Bible, the truth of Jesus Christ, that they're fearfully and wonderfully made, that God loves them, that God has a purpose for their life. That's nowhere to be found pretty much until we launch True Play. Wow. Tell me about your family. Married, three kids, and play, to your question, I think a little bit, play video games with my kids and have since they were little. You know, played a lot of uh, the Wii Sports games. You know, if you, mm-hmm. a lot of you guys out listening, that was one of the most successful video games ever made. And, you you know, you'd play tennis and golf and baseball, and, and it was really well done. It was a really good, fun, family gaming experience. And we hope to mirror a little bit of that in true play by inside our games. There's scoreboards, there's leaderboards. And we find a lot of parents like to play with their kids and compete for scores with their kids. Oh, that is cool. What was your own personal? Because again, there's like going back to the question that my wife had, which was, is it just not bad or is it actually good? Like clearly 
you guys are pretty unashamed that we're actually trying to insert the gospel into these gaming platforms so that our kids not only just don't hear bad stuff, but they're getting gospel message. Um, that's a pretty unique and even bold move. Like what made you decide that? I came to Christ almost 20 years ago, and one of the biggest things that got me was the movie The Passion of the Christ, and some mm. of you, many of you have probably seen it. If you think about that film, what Mel Gibson did was he made a movie that was, you, know, you knew exactly what was going to happen. There wasn't any kind of twist yeah. surprise, right? right? But it was captivating. Why? Great acting. You connected with the characters, even though they weren't speaking English, right? Great cinematography, great music, great execution. And it contained God's truth. Did he take some creative liberties? Of course he did. As a storyteller, sometimes you have to fill in the blanks. But nothing he did violated the spirit of the word, right? And so that really got me because I thought, well, if you can create really high-quality Christian entertainment, then you have something special. That was really the spark in my mind. Fast-forwarding a few years after that, back when there used to be games on Facebook, for those of you listening, you might remember games like Farmville and Cityville, games like that. We built games that were similar to that, my, my co-founders and I, on Facebook that told Bible stories. So Journey of Jesus, Journey of Moses, Stained Glass, and they were very successful. We had over 7 million people play those games. Fast forward to kind of late 2019, early 2020, I was bothered by what I was seeing happen in our society. As I mentioned, anxiety, suicide, depression rates for all-time highs. For kids, I was bothered by seeing kids drifting away from belief in God, from understanding the Bible, and any even modicum of biblical literacy, knowing who Jesus Christ is. And I'm talking about kids in America. I'm Not to say that there's also a need in the rest of the world, but we have to start in our own backyard, right? And so for myself, it was, look, as Christians, we all we've really done for decades— is say, let's vote for certain political leaders and let's send people to church. And don't get me wrong, we need Christian political leaders and we need more churches, but the vast majority of, of your time during the week, we've not been addressing. There's 168 hours in a week, and so you're going to be at church for an hour or two. What are you going to do with the rest of the time? And how, where are we going to meet people where they are? If they're on screens 52 and a half hours a week and we want to see a change happen, that's where we've got to be. But it's got to be with content that's truly excellent and world-class because too often, I think, in the past, Christian entertainment for children was not up to par with their other secular alternatives. I was just a, a guest on a podcast right before I jumped into this conversation, and we were talking about, I was talking to some guys about the loneliness epidemic, specifically among men. Some of those stats that you threw out like speak to that, but it seems to be like boys are drawn more from my perspective, so I have one son and then three daughters, but my son and his friend, so he's 12, mm -hmm. and he's right at that age where they're, they're like, they're all playing these games together. There's something like, it's deep within them to like, be part of like conquering, to like join together to conquer something. I guess the question is, can you dig in a little bit deeper on any stats that you're seeing specifically when it comes to boys and games? And is it, and how it's affecting their loneliness and why yeah, I, I would say a couple things women. about that. Kind of as you were alluding to, men are built to compete. You know, the, for those of us, men, with testosterone, you know, right, that it, it creates a lot. It's not just about muscles and, you know, sex drive. It creates a lot of competitiveness in men. And so, as, especially for boys, this need to compete, this need to, you know, play games and accomplish something or achieve something 
what we built, for example, in, in a game we have coming out, King David's Battles, you play King David. Now, it's funny, isn't it? Th- think about it. The King David story is maybe the best story in the Old Testament. It's the most exciting, epic twists and turns. He's, I think, a lot of people's favorite Old Testament character. And yet, there's never been a great game about him. There's never been a great movie, a great TV show, right, about King David. So we're launching a game about that at the end of the year, and a lot of the theme is how a boy becomes a man. You know, to what you're touching on, we don't do a good job anymore teaching boys how to be men in our culture. And, and if you want to read a great book about it, I'd highly recommend my friend Leonard Sachs's book, Boys Adrift. His last name is S-A-X, first name Leonard, Boys Adrift. Brilliant, brilliant book about why are so many young boys failing to become men? You know, why do you see 30-year-old kids yeah. still living in their mom's basement and working at Starbucks and not, not wanting to get married, not wanting to get in a career? Not, and he identifies reasons for it, and I won't spoil it, but it's a brilliant read because it, it combines philosophy. He's a psychologist with his observations, with science, a little bit of chemistry in there, which is interesting. But Leonard Sachs is a Christian, and it kind of underpins a lot of his writing. So it's a real need that we have to be addressing, and we're trying to do our part as True Play by providing male role models in our games that boys can connect with and aspire to. I think that, you know, for a lot of people, because we've been jaded, we've been had experiences where we wanted to support Christian creative stuff, and it just ends up being so cheesy. You know, you hear stuff like, oh, you created a game about Dave and Goliath. It's like, oh, man, is this going to be super cheesy? Like, what's <laughs> I know you guys have like a hard, I've talked to some of your team before, you guys have like a pretty hard stance on like making things with excellence. Can you talk to me a little bit about your guys' mindset there? Absolutely. So we're very intentional about how we craft stories here. So I'll give you some examples. We have a game called Stained Glass, where in the game, You collect these stained glass pieces, then you form a stained glass window, the stained glass window comes to life, and a character from the Bible tells you their story. So if if you're listening, True Play is one app with a whole bunch of games inside it and comics and videos, so stained glass is one of them. In the game Stained Glass, you hear the first-person perspective from a character. We start with Eve, the next one is Noah. It's an interesting story. So I think most American Christians' experience with the Noah story is doing a coloring page in Sunday school when you're a little kid. Hey, Noah got to build a floating zoo. Wasn't that awesome? I don't think that was like that. I think it was hard. Think about it. It took him over 100 years to build the ark. He had three other people with him, which were sons. And if you think about the father-son dynamics, a hard labor over 130 years, how that must have gone. You can imagine a lot of scorn and derision from other people around watching this monstrous boat get built. And by the way, how did his wife feel? When, if you think about it, none of her brothers and sisters, none of her nieces and nephews, her parents, none of them got on the ark. So how do you feel when you're 20 days into the flood and you're standing on the deck of the ark and you're wondering, did we seal every spot right? Do we have enough food? Are the animals going to survive? Is this ever going to end? You know, all those things race through your head. So we try to write it in a way that puts you in the shoes of a character. King David's story, different game we have, King David's Battles, we write David as a young teenager, which is where the story really starts with his conflict with Goliath. And remember, he's been anointed by Samuel, but he's frustrated that people don't realize he's going to be the king. You know, if if you think about David's story, it was at least 10 years between the time that Samuel anointed him and he actually becomes the king of Israel. And, And you might remember he's on the run from Saul, he's fighting other people. So he's this war hero, but he doesn't get to be in charge. And, and ultimately, he winds up having to be on the run, even almost gets betrayed by his own men at the story of Ziklag. So what we do when we write stories is get people into the emotions and feelings 
of what it would be like to be in that circumstance. So rather than feel like people are being preached to, not that there's anything wrong with that, but from an entertainment standpoint, we're trying to get you engaged in the story as if you were there yourself. Hearing that, that's like the really cool part of technology. You know, like people have been sharing the gospel for thousands of years. And now in 2023, when we're recording this podcast, you're thinking, how do we create an entertaining, high quality game with excellence that we can put in the hands of kids that will start to introduce them to these gospel stories, which we have these cool characters that eventually will all point back to Jesus, which is that is that and all the parts of me that like don't love technology and get frustrated by it. That actually warms my heart. I'm like, that's really, really cool. Appreciate that. Do you guys have like an age demographic that you're trying to focus on? We do. We kind of focus on 5 to 12 years old. Some of our content is going to skew a little younger. Some of it's for kids that are older. We have another game that comes out in a couple weeks, might actually be live by the time this podcast is live, called Benjamin and the Armor of Logos. So one of our characters, if you're watching, I have a little girl who's a bunny rabbit with a tiger costume. So a whole set of content that we've built inside True Place called the Rimverse. So in the Rimverse... The characters are animal characters, and they wear other animal costumes because they're trying to kind of take on attributes of those. So, for for example, Maple's a little girl. She's a bunny rabbit, but she wears a tiger costume because tigers are fierce and respected, and people weren't respecting her as a little girl bunny rabbit. She wears a tiger costume to get respect. She's a strong believer in God and one of our star characters that a lot of girls were finding really just love. Another one, as I was mentioning, is Benjamin. So Benjamin's a a wolverine. He's a hockey player. He wears Psalm 27 on his hockey jersey. He's all in on God, and he's a warrior. And in his game, the armor of Logos, of course, Logos means the word, right? He goes through a journey, like in Ephesians 6, where he fights all these bad guys and all these monsters, and he earns the armor of God through this journey, through this long battle that he goes through. And there's times when he prays, and there's times when he gets beaten down, and there's times when he's exhausted, and he has to pray for God to restore him. And so it's a hero's journey story about, again, a young boy trying to learn and grow in what God's called him to do and fighting battles with monsters that are really trying to attack his faith, his character, and his courage. At the end of, so let's say, you know, if we've got somebody has a seven-year-old who's played one of these games, for you as a company, what's a win when they're done playing that game? What will you hope they're thinking or talking about that you get now? Okay, we've we've won here. We've, we've Great had question. Success. We think about it in a few ways. One is, as I said earlier, kids are on a screen 52 and a half hours a week, so we know they're going to be on screens anyway. We were just looking at some data where we've already had, we just launched a service in August, tens of thousands of hours of children playing True Play, and so we know they're already getting godly content immediately So in those hours. So in other words... We've already, in two months, essentially opened up this massive Sunday school, is one way to think about it, right? Because they're getting exposed to God's truth in every piece of content we do, and we take that seriously. Now, more specifically, we hope that if they're Christian families, then it's A, it's strengthening their faith, B, getting them to reflect more on it, you know, because it's so easy to get distracted for all of us, right, on anything related to entertainment. Or, if they're not Christians, we hope it's the first time that that they're introduced to the Bible and to who Jesus Christ is, and that may actually cause a huge change in their life. You may laugh about, you know, video games, can it really change somebody's life? I would say yes, and I'll give you two reasons why. One, if you go look at the Uvalde shootings that happened a year and a half ago here in Texas, the shooter was playing a first-person shooter game and says, I'm going to go shoot some kids after he loses, 
And that's what he does. Do you think that video games can change people's lives? Second example, when we did Lightside, which is the, really the precursor company to TruePlay, my co-founders and I, we had 7 million people play our games. A third of them, 33%, were not Christians. We even had 25,000 people come to Christ because we did this partnership with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association where they would go to the BGEA's materials online and click and make decisions for Christ and then get discipled in the local churches and things. So, again, I ask you, you know, can people's lives change with video games? Yes, they can, for the better or for the worse, and we like to be a part of God's plan. Wow, I love that, yeah. If somebody downloads the True Play app today and they start playing, what are they going to find today when they download, and then what's coming in the future? Yeah, so when you open up True Play, you're going to find dozens and dozens and dozens of hours of various games, comics, and animations. So inside the games, there are various games. Some are based on the Bible, like stained glass. Others are kind of word games where you you kind of collect, spell words out in a gamified way that fill out Bible verses. And then a lot of our games are based on the Rimverse. Maple, who's our very, kind of one of our stars, headstrong, all in on God. Oliver, who's he believes who God in who God is. He's a fox that's adopted by a bear family, believes in God, kind of, but doesn't really understand a lot, doesn't know why people pray, and is kind of on his own journey of, of faith and growth. Lucas, who's our most popular male character, who's a skunk in a crocodile robot costume, whose brother died a year ago, and he's also on the autism spectrum. And he knows very little about God, and he also gets in a spaceship and flies off and battles a lot of bad guys. And so there's this very epic story that's told throughout the Rimverse with each of the characters who, while they look ridiculous because they're animals and wearing different animal costumes, are going through very similar emotions and feelings other kids go through. Another one of our most popular games is Ava. Ava's a little girl who's being bullied at school, and her parents are divorced. And she didn't ask for any of that. And so her journey is about you can say no to people saying negative things about you because those are lies, and your identity isn't who the world tells you who you are. Your identity is who God says you are. And, you know, I know as a parent, and I'm sure you do too, and a lot of you listening today as Christian parents, as Christian dads, guys, let's talk about identity for a minute. Children need to know your identity is who God made you to be, not whatever some popular social trend is, not whatever you heard on a social media post, maybe not even what you heard at school, because that can get pretty bad pretty fast in a lot of schools, right? No, no, no. You're fearfully and wonderfully made as a child of God, and that's where identity starts from. I love what you're doing, man. For somebody that wants to jump in right now, what's the best way for them to just start playing today? Yeah, please go to trueplaygames.com, T-R-U-P-L-A-Y, drop the E, trueplaygames.com. You can subscribe. We're on any mobile device, phones and tablets. You buy one family plan, and you can get everybody on your family set up on their own devices with just one payment. Everyone can have their own account, basically. And so we've just been getting great feedback from families everywhere. Oh, by the way, I should mention, there's also comics. We work with the Action Bible, which is a phenomenal kids Christian Bible. We've got some of their comics in there. We've also got comics from Kingstone Comics, which is another very high-quality Christian digital comics inside the platform as well. The series that we're doing with them is called The Book of God, which is how did we actually get the Bible? How was the Bible written? Who wrote it? The whole history of that is inside there as well. There's actually some prayers we're releasing, I think in the next week or so, where our characters, again, some of who are Christians and some of who are maybe brand new to faith, our our character set, get into kind of prayers and Bible verses and how that works. And again, a plethora of games that I I will share. When we look at the feedback from our games and how people are using them, our, our parents and our kids, 
we're finding people are enjoying them as much as any of the very top games on the App Store when we look at the data. So we know that people love it and, and they're enjoying it. It's kind of like you were saying, you've got to pull your kid down from screen time on Trueplay, which is, I guess we'd rather have them doing that than into some of the toxic stuff. Yeah. I want to give you the final thoughts here, but just if you took off your leading a company called Trueplay and you just put on your dad hat and your follower of Jesus hat and you're sitting with a bunch of other dads who are trying to figure out what does it look like to lead their family well, to point their family to Jesus. As you kind of think through all those roles, you're a dad, you're a husband, you're trying to point your family to Jesus, you have this company, and there's a guy who has like, he's just listening to this and he's always kind of been apprehensive about technology and maybe hasn't tied the dots between the gospel and technology and all that. Like what are kind of from a 30,000 foot perspective? Your thoughts on technology, the gospel, and parenting? Yeah, I, th- I think that with tech, look, tech has created the biggest social change and financial change in our lifetime. The biggest companies in the stock market, right? Where are they? Google, Apple, Facebook, Microsoft. You know, all these companies were started in our life. I guess Microsoft maybe a little bit earlier than that, but roughly. There's a few others I'm sure I didn't mention. The point is, they've made such a massive change. Now, like anything, Media can make be a good or a bad thing. You know, there's some awful books you can read that are pornographic, or you go read the Bible, or you could go read Pilgrim's Progress or you know Jim Dobson's parenting books, right? Those are all really good, virtuous things to read, or you can read negative stuff. Same thing with movies. You know, there's a plethora of really nasty, awful movies you could watch that I won't articulate, or you can watch there's a lot of good Christian films out that have been made over the years. And even things like I would say the original Lion King, which while not overtly Christian, I think there's a great story about a boy becoming a man and really a, a timeless classic. And I'd throw the, the early Star Wars movies in there too, the first three they made. So I think that the, with technology, yes, technology has been used for negative. More often than not, if you look at social media effects, if you look at, again, pornography exposure and all those things. However, that's because Christians have been hesitant to get into technology and use it in a bold way. It's because there hasn't been enough companies capitalized or funded or enough people who were courageous enough to leave their career in whatever else they're doing in the secular world to do something to build a kingdom. And that's why there's been a lack, because the, the financings of the companies that have the biggest tech companies, the biggest platforms, have frankly been neutral to often negative to the Christian worldview, but it doesn't have to be that way. I would say to a father out there listening— there is good stuff available for you as a dad, for you as a Christian, that will hopefully edify your family. We certainly view True Play as one of those things. There are certainly other things. You know, the Bible on your phone is another great example. And there's a lot of other examples out there, too, where, where I think people have leveraged technology for the good. You're doing kingdom work, man. And I'm grateful for you to partner with the Dad's Hired Podcast and tell us a little bit about it. Thank you so much for your time, bro. I appreciate it. Good to be with you, Jared. Thank you so much. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying this conversation so far. Just want to take a quick minute to say we would love to bring a Dad Tired One Day conference to your church. We do these on Saturday all over the country and all over the world, and we would love to do it at your local church to help equip the men in your local body. You can do that by going to dadtired.com, click the conferences tab. You can fill out a form there to tell us that you're interested in bringing the Dad Tired conference directly to your church. Again, it's just one day. We start about nine in the morning, end about lunchtime, but it's really, really encouraging to the guys in your local community. We'd love to partner with you. You can do that by going to dadtired.com, click the conferences tab. 
Hey guys, as always, I hope that episode was helpful for you on your journey of becoming more like Jesus and helping your family do the same. Again, we would love to partner with you and your church to bring a Dad Tired One Day Conference to your church. You can do that by going to dadtired.com, click the Conferences tab, fill out the form there, let us know you're interested. We'll send you a bunch of information about what that would look like. I love you guys. I hope you have a great rest of your week, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.